Hey everyone, it's AJ Barce, one half of your gregarious co-hosts on the Bellingham Podcast. And on this episode, we're going to dive back into a format that we haven't seen for a while, the Analog Explorer. Now, if you don't remember this style of episode, these are usually interview-style episodes that have a th- common theme. The guests have some sort of tie with time or watches, and with it, that tie bleeds into their analog life, their everyday life. And these episodes are personally hosted and sponsored by me, the Analog Explorer. Now, this is a one-off episode. The series isn't relaunching yet, but there are some things in the works. And I just wanted this episode, especially in these COVID-19 lockdown times, the Bellingham Podcast wanted to make sure that we could get an episode out for our listeners in the Watch Fam. And to hook in, as Bellingham Podcast tradition has it, I also want to point out our guest on today's show is from the Northwest, just not the Pacific Northwest. Pay attention to where his location is, and his accent might tip you off on where he's coming from. Now, many of you who listen love to travel, and in these lockdown times, the only thing that we have is maybe some daydreams of where our next travels are going to take us. Pay attention towards the end of this episode, because today's guest has some really good insights on his dark and cold island that those of us that love to travel may want to take advantage of. And if you do a fair bit of trekking, you might want to even listen to his mountain recommendation towards the end as well. So without any further ado, this Analog Explorer adjacent episode of the Bellingham Podcast. Have you ever had a eureka moment? You know, one of those moments where something clicks in your mind. And then when it does, the gears in your mind won't let it go. To the point where you're thinking about that one idea until you actually have a prototype in your hand. Then, because you are so driven that you want to see this to come to fruition, you go to great lengths to have that idea tested, tried, and true by some of the most elite forces in the world. Well, our next guest did that, and he did that by way of making an airtight watch strap. So airtight that some in the military, the British military, might even call it Zulu Alpha. His name is Darren. He is the owner and proprietor of Zulu Alpha Straps based out of the United Kingdom. He is a manufacturer of watch straps and a friend of ours in the watch fam. You've tuned into this special edition of The Analog Explorer. Read my analog manifesto through my photography and my passion for travel, and of course, watches. Available for purchase in print and online at theanalogexplorer.com. So Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, AJ. Great to be here, mate. How are you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. I mean, uh, as we record this, uh, we are amidst of a, a pandemic. H- how are you hanging in there? Yeah, um, we, listen, I live on a dark, damp, foggy island, mate. We, we've uh, we've dealt with worse 
Um, however, um, I fear that uh, the generation that we uh, that we have now, mate, this is probably the the most adversity people have come across. Um, so I think it's a weird one, mate. It's a weird vibe over here at minute. We just need to find that same spirit as we had, um, you know, during during the war, essentially, and and build that community and pull through together. Now I'm, I'm I'm gathering by when you say a dark, wet island and your your accent. You're talking about the San Juan Islands here in in the Pacific Northwest, right? Where where are you at? Oh mate, I'm in uh, Her Majesty's Great Britain. So for so for everybody who's uh, who's been following the Bellingham podcast for a while, uh, Darren Darren is our one of our, our UK listeners and is the owner and proprietor of the exceptionally built watch straps known as Zulu Alpha Straps. I am indeed, mate, um, and I appreciate your uh, generous feedback and um, shout out there, mate. But yeah, that's where I am, uh, based over in the UK, Liverpool, to be precise, home of the Beatles. Yeah, Liverpool, home of the Beatles, and also there's a there's a football club that was doing really well up until the pandemic, if I recall. Oh, AJ, you can't I'm sorry. Be football, mate. I'm it's sorry. one of those. We've got we've got two clubs in the city. We've got Liverpool and we've got Everton. Now I'm not uh, a native. Of Liverpool, I'm from South Wales, um, hence why you can probably pick up on my uh, my Welsh Tom Jones esque baritones. But jokes aside, mate, yeah, there are two cities in the uh, two clubs in Liverpool, Everton and Liverpool. Now, my family or my wife's family up here are all Evertonians. Um, the other team is Liverpool, and they would call them Liverpudians or Scousers. Um, but it is like the War of the Roses um, for <laughs> you know, for for you listeners who know know what that reference means. Um, and whenever two teams from the same city play each other, it's called a derby or a derby day, and it's a huge deal. Um, <laughs> but it divides families, mate. It really does. So half the family will be red, the other the other half will be blue, um, and and they love each other and and their family. Until Derby Day, um, and then <laughs> all, all better off, mate. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a free for all then. But yeah, a, a team that was doing exceptionally well, mate, up until um, the league got shut down this week. Um, yeah, which is it's happened across Europe. We've seen it in France, Germany, Italy, uh, the UK. Um, all the major leagues for football or what you guys would call soccer, everything's been pulled. So yeah, um, our pub culture has subsequently died a death as well because you go to the pub to to watch sports and there are no sports at the minute. So um, there's a huge bunch of people with nothing to do in the UK, mate. So so before we uh, before we dive into too deep into the show, as as you are a uh, owner and proprietor of a watch strap manufacturer, I am presuming that on your wrist is probably one of your very own, but uh, attached to it is what watch? Of course, I always have something on wrist, mate. I'm the type of guy I sleep with them. I, I never take it off. Um, to me, I'm naked if I'm going to watch on. Um, today, <laughs> I am sporting the glorious Vertex M100. For those that aren't uh, aren't part of the watch fam, but are probably listening, going, "What is that? That sounds cool." Yeah, so. It's a bit of a historic piece. Um, so just to set the tone, during the Second World War, there were 12 suppliers that supplied wristwatches um, to the Ministry of Defence, um, the UK um, military. Um, out of those suppliers, um, one of them was British, and that was Vertex. Um, and they made um, the Calibre 59, which was on the wrists of soldiers, sailors, airmen during the Second World War. Fast forward to now, the great-grandson of the original owner of the company is now in charge um, and he's 
essentially made a reissue called the M100, which is uh, a modernization of the Caliber 59. Basically, uh, with all of the character and uh, the quirks of the original, but with all of the benefits of modern watchmaking. So this is the golden ratio, 40-20, 40 mil case with the 20 mil lug width. Except no substitutions. No, mate, none, none. That is the golden ratio. A manual wind movement and the biggest, biggest loom markers you've ever seen in your life because the markers are actually made from solid loom. Um, so this, this, this baby shines bright. I, I, heard, I heard on a, on a podcast, uh, apparently, that you, you also uh, are part own in operation. You, you are also a family man, and, and that watch has a downside as a family man with all that loom, I believe. Oh, AJ, is challenging, mate, I must admit. I've got two little girls. I've got a five-year-old, and my youngest daughter is actually three next week. So daddy comes home, does the, the, the food, the baths, um, gets the kids to bed. And if I've got the vertex on, mate, this thing shines so bright, I cannot get the kids to sleep if I'm wearing it. They get so excited about seeing the loom. I, words cannot describe how bright this thing is. It almost looks like it's got a battery in it that's firing these things up. It hasn't. Um, it's just the most receptible watch UV light I've ever owned or ever seen. I learned that the hard way. So when I first got it, I was wearing it, um, or I tried to wear it, uh, getting, the, getting the kids to sleep. And I was there for about an hour um, because because of their age, I couldn't just take it off and, and, and get rid of it because all they do then is pester me to go and get it back. So um, a hard lesson learned there, mate. Um, do not wear the vertex at bedtime. Yeah, I, I had a similar a similar run-in with a, a watch that I have as well. I've got, um, I have the uh, Fair Rocher, Fair UK uh, micro brand, if I recall. Yep. Uh, yep. And the Rocher is the the loom, the loom dial with the loom plots and then the loom outer ring for the world timer. And yes. Boy, howdy! the The first time I I wore that in the sun, and then put my son down, who's uh, three years old. Man, I had the same reaction. He did not want to go to sleep. I think the problem is, mate, we're watch guys. Um, so to have any other member of the family that excited about any aspect of a watch, we get sucked into it as well. So certainly with me, um, I saw the kids get excited, and I was sort of excited. As well. They like watches. They like me. Yes, yes, this is brilliant. Um, but that soon, that novelty soon wears off, mate. That watch of yours, mate, that um, Farah is it's a cracking piece as well. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly familiar with those guys and, and what they've done. And yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I've I've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I, I was looking forward to doing a lot more traveling with it. But with current current uh, state of the the world as it is, that's kind of on hold. But currently on my wrist, I've got um, I've got a different piece on actually but it has a, a Zulu Alpha strap attached to it. I've got my uh, Seiko 031 that I rebuilt. That's kind of, as my son calls it, my adventure watch with my adventure strap. Uh, my, my son actually knows every time that we go out to the mountains or to the sound or to the sea, this is my go-to watch. And, and quickly, Zulu Alpha straps has kind of been my uh, unofficial sponsor of uh, my, my adventures here in the Pacific Northwest. So... On that note, Darren, how how did Zulu Alpha Straps get started, and and how did you get into becoming a, a strap manufacturer based out of the UK and sells globally? In short, mate, uh, when I left school, I joined I joined the British military. I left school on a Thursday. Um, I was on a train to basic on a Sunday. Fast forward uh, a number of years, um, I, I left the military. I'd always had a thing for watches, but I didn't have the education in watches that I've got now. So. 
I'd owned a few watches. I'd had a, new, a few NATO straps, but I got to a milestone birthday uh, a few years back, um, and I, I wanted to buy myself a nice watch to mark that birthday, to mark that that point in my life. Um, I was fortunate enough financially where I was in a position to, to afford something nice, so I went out and I bought a Breitling Super Ocean Heritage Mark One, cracking watch. Um, however, it is massive, uh, 46 mil. Um, it's like wearing a dinner plate on your wrist. One thing led to another. That watch came on a rubber strap, which was lovely. It was a great strap, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'd seen NATOs and worn NATOs um, whilst I was in the military. And whilst I could afford that watch, it was a big purchase and I couldn't afford to replace it. But I knew the safety and the security that came with a single pass or a double pass military strap, a NATO strap or a Zulu strap. So I looked at the market and I went out to try and try and find something. So I bought a few aftermarket pieces, but I, in short, I couldn't find anything I, I was really that happy with or I liked. And I was getting frustrated. That's basically the, the seed that was planted. A few weeks later, um, I was clearing out the garage um, and I stumbled across an old kit bag. In that kit bag was a rifle sling um, from an SA-80. Now, the SA-80 is the general service issue rifle in the British military. So I picked it up and I looked at it and it was the exact width of the lugs. It was like planets aligned. Needless to say, I ran in with a big smile on my face um, looking for a sewing machine in a cupboard that my nan or my grandmother had given me uh, many moons ago. And I, I, I got to work. Uh, and one thing sort of led to another, mate. Uh, I developed this, this strap through a lot of trial and error. Uh, and it's a resistance base buckle system rather than your standard tang. And, and I sort of refined it and refined it until I was happy with an end product that I was happy to wear. And, and, and I put it on the watch and a few people saw it and they asked me to make them for them. And the rest is history. I've mentioned your straps many times on the, on the Bellingham podcast, and also you've your strap has has uh, been on my blog several times because it's pro it is it's one of the the five watch straps that I my my stamp of endorsement are on because I wear the heck out of it honestly, Darren. And the uh, we have a mutual friend that kind of got us in touch with each other, Dan, also known as UK Dan on the show. Sup, Dan? And you know when when he put me in touch with you, like. You know, you, you sent me over one of the early versions, and I remember I remember wearing it. We've got uh, the Canadian border that's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from us. So most of the time, most of us will jump the border and go up on adventures. And I'd been dying to go up to Mission, which is uh, probably about an hour, hour and a half away from Bellingham. And out there, they've got a big provincial area where it's just uh, it, it, it's basically four-wheel drive heaven or hell. I mean, chuck holes that are about the size, you know, waist deep type of thing. It's, it's meant for four-by enthusiasts. And even, even myself, I don't take my truck all the way out there. But I've been dying to go up there, uh, largely because adjacent to that provincial park is a waterfall. And so I uh, took the fam up and, and my toddler. And uh, so we, you having two little ones, you know, time runs a little bit slower when you've got little ones in tow, especially if you have an adventure in mind. And so, you know, it was a day trip, took all day just to go up to this waterfall. And I remember, uh, and I think I talked about this on the show, you know, my, my toddler was jumping up on logs and, you know, he was, he was just, you know, doing what uh, squirrely things toddlers do, except this was wintertime. And so the logs were kind of uh, wet and icy and mossy and slick and stuff. And he starts slipping backwards and he reaches out. And I, I of course, you know, dad reflexes, it's faster than Spider-Man, right? throw my arm out to try to grab him and his little hands literally got hooked on my watch 
and your strap. And I'm like, oh, well, there goes my watch, <laughs> you know, is, was my yep. initial thought. And those buckles held, but my, my toddler's fingers wrapped around the webbing. I literally just pull him up, pull him up. <laughs> literally, he's hanging from my arm off of your watch strap. And I'm like, okay, I officially like this thing. So the, the key thing to your strap is you have a double, like a double D buckle tri-glide locking system. Can you, can you describe what, what the heck I just said? Yes. First and foremost, that story, uh, my wife absolutely loves that story. You told me it, then I, I relayed it on to her. Um, and I think that was a seal of approval for my wife as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was that is, is, is phenomenal, mate. But to answer your question, we do use a double D-ring with a tri-glide. Now, imagine, if you will, motorcycle helmets of back in the day. You'd have one smaller D-ring, one larger D-ring, and you'd weave the webbing in and around them to create tension. This is a very similar principle, but on the smaller D-ring, um, we've got a metal bar that slides across, and, and basically that's what gives you tension, and that's what allows you to adjust accordingly tension you want on the strap. Now, there's a few reasons for that. When I was going through the development stage um, of looking at, at the strap and what I could do and what I wanted to do, I used some of my own experience and some of the experience of my friends basically to come up with the design that I was going to use. Now, I dive, I'm a diver, um, and we do outdoor expeditions. I wouldn't say expeditions, a big word, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, but similar yeah. to yourself, we'll do a night over or, or whatever else. Um, and we're lucky in the UK because it's, it's ancient land. Do you know what I mean? We've got some of the, uh, some very large mountains, some very large sort of uh, hill ranges here and, and, and valleys and, and places where you can go. And that would mean that, you know, you'd have to layer up or layer down. Um, and there's nothing worse, in my opinion, in my historic use of, of, of straps, whereby you're fiddling with your watch strap gloved, trying to adjust the size for a down jacket or trying to yeah. adjust, adjust the size for a dry suit if you're diving. Uh, we yep. tend not to use wetsuits over here because of the temperature, unless it's, it's the peak of summer. So I wanted to design something that you could adjust whilst gloved. It allows you to do all of the above, get the exact tension you want, and not wear your strap out because of... Of, of the buckle system we use, we, we, we lose one of the most common points of failure on most straps. Now, the whole idea of a NATO or a Zulu strap is if one of your spring bars fail, you don't lose your watch, your watch stays on. That works up to a point because most NATO or Zulu straps will have a spring bar on the buckle. Ours doesn't. And because it doesn't, it makes it extremely rugged and extremely durable. So no, I mean, and that's that's kind of uh, that that's what kind of drew me to your strap, to be honest. I mean, I, I mean, here in the Pacific Northwest, it's not uncommon that you know in the early morning you're gonna be you know maybe go. Some of us will go for a run, then you go to work, and then you get off of work, you grab the family, and then you're literally anywhere from the Salish Sea to the base of Mount Baker, and you're going to spend the next hour or two just gallivanting about. And what's great about your strap, to be honest, is I kind of call it the set it and forget it watch strap. I literally can, <laughs> what feels like, screw it onto my wrist and it just stays there. Like it cannot, like it's to, to quote your, uh, your, your kind of catchphrase, it's airtight. Like yes. your, your, yes. your, your toddler can hang off of it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could probably throw this up on a bar, cinch it down, and start doing pull-ups off this thing, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty confident you could probably do some pull-ups on it as well, if I'm honest. But as you say, it's a go-to. It's, go it's an adventure strap. It's, a, it, it's not meant – they're not meant to be um, 
dress straps oh some yeah. people do wear them as such you can use you know there, there are certain models we have that are far more dressier than others but all premise of these mate is is this is as you get as you say set it and forget it this isn't going yeah. anywhere it's, it's it's what we would call in the british military bomb proof or bombers yeah. it's it's definitely a bomber but uh yeah. so so the one that i've got i've got two so you sent me one of the earlier ones and what's funny is when you first sent it to me that you mentioned that you're you, you've changed a little bit your stitching and webbing and i mm. remember because when you first sent me that first one <laughs> i i ended up wearing it inside out only because yes. you know only because like it was it was always rubbing and stuff and as I was backpacking or whatever. And uh, I, I, I gave you some feedback. I even mentioned it up on the show and stuff. And then you sent me this other one, which is, I'm going to call it Admiralty Gray. I don't, I'm not sure. Yes. Okay, so Admiralty Gray, it's smooth, it's tough as nails, and you also made it longer, which I appreciate because I was having a problem getting the old one around the cuff of my wetsuit glove for when I was uh, going down into our rivers and lakes. And, you know, so, so the evolution of the, the Zulu Alpha Strap going from, you know, decommissioned rifle sling webbing to what you're using now, what, what's, the, what's the secret sauce, as it were, to what, what's this webbing made out of and, and how did you get to the, the current iteration that you have now? So you had one of the first straps we made, um, or I made, um, and it was, it was great. It was an honest strap, but I wasn't as refined as I became or as I am now. The reason for that is you give me some feedback, but I'm also fortunate, AJ. I've got a lot of friends who are still serving in, in the British Armed Forces. Now, these range and vary um, from um, soldiers uh, to military divers um, to guys in, in the Navy at sea. There's a whole plethora of people out there um, who I sent straps out to and asked them for feedback from an operational standpoint. Um, and that's what I did. So I sent a load of straps down to one of our prestigious diving units uh, in the UK, in the Royal Navy. Um, these are the guys who support our special forces guys. Um, and I sent a load of straps down to them and said, right, do me a favor, lads, try and kill these straps. Do your best. And believe me, they, they they went through a few of them, but they gave me some tips <laughs> and some pointers. Yeah, some tips and some pointers on what I need to do and, and how I need to improve. So that's what we did. So if you look, I mean, as you mentioned already, the the webbing is very different, stitch patterns are very different, uh, the buckles are very different, are very different, but the materials are different um, because we went through quite an intensive R and D phase. What you know, this strap needed to be um, for it to be um, operation operationally viable so we moved away from the rifle sling material the material was fantastic the webbing was great but it was never designed to be a watch strap or be worn in that fashion um and i got uh, i got set up with a mill um uh, in manchester uh, manchester england uh, and the guys over there will make my custom webbing um to the size color uh, weave pattern everything to order just custom i brought brought Zulu Alpha up to a level whereby we're putting out premium webbing on, on all our straps now, uh, but it's custom. It's like uh, everything's come together at the minute, mate. We've, we've got a great product um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm proud of it. Well, I'm, and I'm very appreciative of it, Darren, honestly. Like I said, I've, I, it's, it's quickly a go-to strap. And when I show it to people, it, it is polarizing. A lot of people look at it and go, mm. man, look at that buckle on the bottom. How, how could you ever, you know, really wear that? I mean, it's kind of, and I'm like, well, you have to understand I wear this strap like right now it's Friday and I'm, I'm, I'm wearing it because largely after I get done with work and I get done doing the show, uh, mm. I'm going to grab the little and we're going to probably go down to Lake Watcom and we're going to go hunt for a waterfall after this. Like 
the the thing about this strap is, you know, yeah, it's got a big buckle and it can be very polarizing, but mate, I look at the end of the day and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take off and head towards the mountains and you know, it gives me, it gives me hope to get to five o'clock a little bit sooner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, for, for the other folks that are looking at this going like, yeah, it's just not my style. Well, I mean, I also don't, uh, yes, I have a bunch of desk divers, but my watches actually go under the water. You know, I've, I, I can, I can vet for the fact that, you know, Zulu Alpha can, uh, we, so there's a, there's a place up in the mountains called Leavenworth. Um, and it's heading towards the Cascades here in Washington state. And it's a, it's a little Bavarian town. It's, it's themed. It's really cute. Well, there's also the Wenatchee River that cuts through it. And there's a ton of tubers that go down it every year. And so I grab my snorkel and my treasure bag and my fins. And I go underneath and float and try to go find some GoPros that people lose. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, you know, I have no threat. And it's, it's a cooking river. I mean, you're, you're cruising fairly fast in this. And, you know, I can go over ledges, I can grab rocks, and I have no fret that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust, a, like you said, bust that tang and have my, my watch sink to the bottom. And I can say, like, from, from a mountain standpoint to the sea standpoint, you know, your, your strap ain't going to fail. If, if we look at probably the target market, but not only that, the clientele. Um, that, that wear my products I would say um, we're probably talking between 90 and 95 percent of the guys who wear Zulu Alpha as a military um, or first responders that would be cops paramedics fire brigade um, or firefighters uh, mountain rescue whatever um, yeah. and that's where we exist in the market if that makes any sense and that's what the straps are that's what they're about that's what they were made to do and that's why we went through that R&D phase with these guys yeah. um, they're, they're like the defenders or the Humvees of watch straps. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Is, oh, yeah, is that completely, bit, bit out there? completely. Be there, you know, and, and, and be airtight on someone's wrist. So the long rundown of, of research and R&D and, and you getting your straps out there, I mean, uh, is, there's, there's perhaps one project that kind of came on my radar that your strap kind of wiggled its way in. Um, hmm. and by chance, is there any, is there any affiliation of Zulu alpha on the wrist of maybe a former Gurkha that was a, sh a Sherpa that does little mountain excursions at all? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So project possible or Bremont project possible, um, happened last year. Name is Purja, uh, MBE, um, is an ex tier one operator, um, in the British military and in short. He left the armed forces last year to go off and, and, and set world records or multiple world records with regards to mountaineering. Now, Nims is he's a great bloke. I've met him a few times. I've spent a bit of time with him. He, he's, he's a really nice guy as well. Um, I just want to stress that. I think he wouldn't be offended by this, but the guy's a freak of nature. An absolute <laughs> animal. Right? An animal. The guy was built to smash that, that's so, so he's a mountain that, goat. That, uh, AJ... God made this man only solely to, you know, to, to break mountains. And, and that's what he's done. <laughs> um, and, 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 and he's built a team up around him uh, who do it with him. Uh, you know, I came across um, one of his buddies, uh, a guy called Mingma, 
Mingma David Sherpa on Instagram if you guys want to check him out. He assisted him um, on an awful lot of these uh, these 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 peaks last year. Now Mingma in his own right is a world-renowned mountaineer. He's a multiple world record holder um, for Everest and, and K2. He's done the long, or the, sorry, the highest longline rescue in the world. Again, another animal built to break mountains. So one thing led to another. Maybe we were having a conversation one day, and I, I said, "Right, Mingma, do me a favour, pal. Wear these straps." you know let, let me you know, i i think we're there now we've gone through a huge r&d phase but what better test is there than to get your strap out multiple eight thousand meters uh eight thousand meter peaks so he did took a few from me Holy he was in nepal at the time and it's weird mate so the nepalese government won't let you ship out watch related products certainly not from the uk anyway oh okay which is bizarre um, yeah. The conversations we were having, I was like, right, I'll get them shipped. I'll get them shipped tomorrow because there were deadlines in situ where I had to get these watches out in order for him to receive them, get them fitted to his watch, um, and then get up the mountains with them. So, I, rightly or wrongly, um, on the customs form, I put them down as climbing harness extension loops. <laughs> they um, pass. They pass as that. Pass. I mean, you're not lying. I mean, I could, they, I could cinch this on my my bag and d- use it as a cinch. Absolutely. That's that's basically the route to market, mate. And 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 sometimes you've you've just gotta you gotta sidestep certain things. So, so that's what we did. Now, I'll get you know fined probably or sued by someone for doing that. <laughs> but it's out there now. It's in the world. It's the truth. Um. So yeah, I got him out on a pole to him, mate. And um. And that was that. Really, off he went on his uh, his expeditions, real expeditions, uh, not the type of expeditions I do. Or not the expeditions I do either. I mean that 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 is a legitimate like world class. Like that's that's an authentic adventure expedition. That is that's amazing. The guy's incredible, mate. Um. The whole team are incredible over there. Um. And and yeah. And I'm not sure. He, he took him up, mate. We, we've been up multiple 8,000 meter peaks with him. Um, we were fortunate enough when he got presented with this Guinness World Record uh, for Everest and K2. He was wearing our strap and, and got photographed with it. And that's actually on the homepage of our website now. So if anyone wants to check that out um, and check him out, please head over. But he had the exact same strap on as you do um, oh, in your cool. Admiralty Grey, but his was uh, was an olive. Uh, it was exactly the same material, exactly the same build as what you've got, mate. Um, same everything, um, just a color difference. Way cool. Yeah, no, I I I prefer the gray. So I'm I'm very appreciative that you sent me a Seattle skyline gray version. So uh, yeah, no, I, I I love I love that story, man. Because you know, as as a as a watch enthusiast and and now as a manufacturer for watch paraphernalia. You know, you've got to be over the moon the fact that, you know, here you are as just just an, an everyday average bloke who had this idea, brought it to market. And, you know, you're not you're not selling a story like your product is actually with people making stories. You, you've got to be like over the moon, right? hundred percent, mate. hundred percent. And there's, there's, there's rightly or wrongly, mate, there's an attitude in the British military. If we're going to do something, we're going to do something right. I was of the mindset, well, if we're going to make the strap, we're going to make the best strap we can. And and that was the attitude. It always has been the attitude and it always will be the attitude. So as you see, um, getting them out there and getting them on the wrists of people is fantastic. So, so why is, why is Zulu Alpha? Why, why is that a, I'm presuming Zulu time has something to do with it? No. Um, so my background's Navy. You've seen it. You've seen the Titanic movie? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Right. So they were flooding in compartments and they had to lock the compartments down to maintain oh, right, right. Uh, yeah, the, the integrity b- of the ship. So when you would close a compartment off in the British military, you would lock it down to Zulu Alpha. Ships don't have rooms, they have compartments, and they don't have doors, they have hatches. On each hatch, there are 12 clips. 
And when all 12 of those clips um, are, are down or, or uh, secure, that compartment is now Zulu Alpha airtight. So That's why the hook. Okay. Zulu Alpha and airtight, which would basically mean it's, it, it, the integrity is, is unquestionable. But in addition to that, it's a, a bit of a nod, my heritage. And, and, and when you're a military guy, mate, or you're a veteran, there's so many people out there creating veteran companies at the minute. And, and it's hard for people to be able to tell fact from fiction, certainly in the UK. I don't know what it's like to say, but certainly in the UK. So Zulu Alpha is a nod to the lads as well. So if they're looking at my site thinking, is this guy really who he says he is? Are these people really testing his kit in the way he is? Uh, the, the way he says they are. Um, the minute they see Zulu Alpha, they'll recognize that instantly huh. uh, because that's like an inside no. I, I didn't know. I, I just presumed it yeah. was because of your location and Zulu time or something like that. But no, that's, uh, that's even better. That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a nod to the lads and um, also it just fit the product. It fit what we were trying to do. So you, you're, I mean, your early days, you said that you busted out your Nan's old uh, uh, sewing machine and you, you yeah. made each strap. Are you, still, are you still making each strap? And also you said that your webbing comes from Manchester. So I'm presuming when you say like you, like Zulu Alpha is, made, is, is British made, like it's actually British made. Like you're not sourcing it, from overseas and importing it. Right? No. No, it's, it's British made and in, in every sense of the word, it's British made. Um, I remember an old, uh, an old chief, chief petty officer uh, said to me, mate, when I was in the military, he said, listen, son, you haven't got to know everything. You've just got to be able to know the right people who can tell you everything. Um, and that sort of stuck with me. And I didn't know my head from my bottom when it comes to webbing, mate. Um, <laughs> but I knew that there were people out there that did. So I made it my business to go and find these people, I go and find these businesses and convince them to work with me. And, and, and that was pretty much during, you know, the inception phase of what we're trying to do. And I was adamant. I wanted, you know, British companies. Um, we've been going through a test of time in the UK, mate, over the last few years. And the only contribution I could, you know, possibly make was contribute into the British economy. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make, you know, good, honest products out of, uh, of Blighty. But the benefit that comes with it, AJ, as well, is I know my suppliers and, you know, everything or every aspect of our strap is pretty much made within an hour, hour and 30 from my house. Yeah, no, that's that's killer. I mean, we're in Bellingham and in, in Washington State. I mean, by and large, even in, in in the United States, we're we're really big on our local manufacturing and mm. and trying to bring that back. I mean, that's that's a big thing that you'll hear um, across a lot of different communities. And and to hear that literally, you're literally sourcing within an hour, hour and a half of where you live. I mean, that's that's not just that's just not local business. Like that is hyper micro local business. I mean, being able to source all of your, your stuff. We're lucky AJ because of, of the historic nature of the Northwest of, uh, of England. If you go back in time, um, we had all the textile mills uh, for the UK here. Everything would be made in and around the area where I live. So all the knowledge is still here. Um, we pretty much shut the majority of our textile factories. Um, I would say, early to mid 80s in the UK and I started you know you saw a lot of businesses then taking stuff overseas uh, there were some legacy companies who held on until the 90s but I'm lucky I've got that we've still got that knowledge around us so the sewing machine um, our, our main sewing machine that we use now is an industrial grade sewing machine for webbing um, that originally went into Manchester in 1988. Oh, your nan will be proud for that. Mate, honestly, my nan was a seamstress as well. So um, 
which is bizarre. So my, my dad was at sea for 24 years, and and um, you know that was that was his input. My nan was a seamstress, and I spent so so much of my life trying to become my dad. I ended up turning into my nan, um, which is which is bizarre. <laughs> hey, that's a tip of the hat, man. That, that that's yeah, awesome. That's a revelation. I've just reached that conclusion myself. There, so we're both hearing that for the first time. Um, but yeah, I mean, she she's she was she was just like she was buzzing. But you know, just to give you an idea of that machine, eighty eight that went in, and the technician that put that in was an apprentice at the time. The guy who installed the machine in our workshop was the same guy, and he's a master tech. Uh, but the business had closed years ago. He opened the machine up, and he saw his own handwriting on the inside of it. So it sort of blew his mind at the same time. But we're, we're lucky, mate. We've got that knowledge and that skill set lingering in and around the Northwest. You've just got to scratch the surface a little bit here, um, and, and you'll find it. Um, and, and right place, right time, or when opportunity meets preparation, great things happen. And, and that's where we are with it now. Yeah, that's a great story. So to to pivot just for ever so slightly, so those that are listening to the Bellingham podcast, and we've talked about mountains and expeditions and mm. how I've just basically said this this watch trap is the one to rule them all if you are the avid enthusiast of the outdoors. So you being from Wales, I gotta know, if there was a mount if if I had, if I had a long weekend and there was no no COVID nineteen right now, mm-hmm. and there was there was a a trek that I had to do. Where would I go? Right. So I grew up in South Wales. Um, so the trek for you to do on a mountain um, would be Penavan. That's in Brecon. And, and that's basically where the British uh, Special Forces do part of their selection. Um, it's across that, 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 that range there, that mountain range of Black Mountains. But Penavan is, is world-renowned. Um, I think Jason Heaton, actually, from the Grey Nail was up there uh, six months ago, maybe a little longer, last summer. Um, he was over in the UK and um, he did Mount Snowdon in the north of Wales first. Um, and I think someone uh, gave him a tip to head down to, to Brecon. It's only a couple of hours in between, mate, to be honest. It's it's a country, but it's it's tiny. So, yeah, it was just a quick car ride and, and down he went and, 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 and Penafan was, was completed. But that's where I'd be going. Another quick tip if anyone is in the UK and they do go there, probably about three miles away from the mountain, there is a brewery who make Welsh whiskey. Um, it's called Penderin, some of the finest whiskey you'll ever taste in your life. And it'll be a shame to miss out on that place if you're, if you're so local there. So it's a little bit of an insight tip for you guys who, uh, who may be uh, venturing over to our shores shortly. Okay, so that's now added to my bucket list. So to kind of uh, wind down a little bit for the show, if anybody was interested in, in finding out about you and Zulu Alpha, where might they where might they go, Darren? Easiest place to find us, mate, is um, is on Instagram um, at Zulu Alpha Straps. Um, that's where we exist. Um, we do have our own podcast called the Zulu Time Podcast. Uh, I co-host that with uh, uh, with Dan um, or at Timely Moments on Instagram. Um, and, and that's where you can find us. Aside from that, I got a website, ZuluAlphaStraps.com. Um, but yeah, hit us up in the DMs on Insta, guys. That's, that's where we're most prominent and that's where you'll find us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Darren, for coming up on the show. AJ, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've been listening to you guys for a long time and i would be fans of the show myself. Um, so yeah, privilege getting on, bro. Thank you very much for having me. So that wraps it up for this very special Watch Fam edition of the Bellingham Podcast brought to you by the Analog Explorer. As always, if you're listening to us uh, in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM, 
Community Power Radio here in Bellingham. You can tune into the Bellingham Podcast every Saturday, and you can also listen to us wherever you like to get your podcast. If you're interested in more of the Analog Explorer, you can follow me on theanalogexplorer.com, or you can also subscribe to the Analog Explorer wherever you like to get your podcast. Chris and I will rejoin each other on the mic, and we will be coming back to you with another Quarantine Chronicles. Hope this podcast finds everyone well and in good health. And thank you again so much for listening to us.